Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. It's the only time I remember actually going to Quora. And so somehow I got subscribed to a cat's Quora list and it would send me other questions that cat owners would ask and I was like oh okay cool I never opened them but I would always get them and so they just sit in my inbox well then they started sending me not just cat related things but the titles would be something like my mom and my husband hooked up while I was on my deathbed and now I don't know what to do wow hello welcome back to shit they don't tell you I'm Nikki Limo hello my name is Stephen Green and today we are doing a topic that I don't know if it's a it's not really like one topic. I had a topic that I prepared somewhat. Okay. And then today I was cleaning my Gmail inbox, which is that could be a whole other topic of yeah. shit they don't tell you no because question. I had no idea. I've never been able to keep a, a clear inbox. Like I've always had thousands and thousands and thousands of emails and i've just got used to that number being very big and so i had ninety-eight thousand something emails in there yeah i'm just subscribed to a lot of things and and i'm like oh yeah i should unsubscribe but then there's so many things to unsubscribe from that i just like don't because it's like well if i do one i have to do all of them and that's so many things i have one hundred thirty-five thousand. see that's exactly how i was yeah yeah so anyway Point being, um, I learned some tricks that I didn't even know existed because I'm such a noob. I don't know anything about all of the things that Gmail can do. It can do a lot of things. I just barely found out about the out of office thing that you can do where you could do an automatic response with the vacations. Yes. I had no idea how people did that before. I recently found out how, but I came across a thread on how to organize your emails and I'm like, wow, this stuff is so nifty. So you can like create filters that make it so that um, certain emails don't just go to your inbox. Like they, they never touch your inbox. They get filtered immediately to work or to like shopping or whatever. What is this topic? Okay. So I say that to say this. Okay. As I'm filtering my emails and going through them, and by the way, I did get down to zero from 98,000 to zero. Oh, wow. It took two days, but I got there. 
while I'm going through them, I come across Quora, which have you ever I have Quora before. Quora? I have Quora. You have Quora before it. I went on there one time to look up uh, Joe, our cat Joe, yeah. our cat. We have a cat named Joe, and he has a pee problem. And the pee problem got very intense yeah. when we adopted new cats. Yes. And so I had gone on Quora to, well, I didn't mean to, I didn't go to Quora. I went to Google. Nobody does. And Quora came up, up yeah. about how to maybe have some alternative cures for this. It wasn't a medical problem. It was a behavioral issue. We went to the vet and then he wouldn't take his anti, he wouldn't take his anxiety meds. Um, so there was alternative things that you could do and Cora had a whole article. That's the only time I remember actually going to Cora. And so somehow I got subscribed to a cat's Quora list and it would send me other questions that cat owners would ask. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I never opened them, but I would always get them. And so they just sit in my inbox. Well, then they started sending me not just cat related things, but the titles would be something like my mom and my husband hooked up while I was on my deathbed wow. and now I don't know what to do. Wow. And so I would start going down rabbit holes wow. because what kind of top, first of all, what the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> and wh why does Cora think I want to know about that from a cat list? Like most of the things are about cats, but then all of a sudden they started sending me these random ones. What did she do? I don't, I, that's one. I don't, I don't have. What? I don't have it. You have to tell I me. I don't have it. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get there. It's in one of these. So I have the, an email from oh Cora. Oh my God. And I will take you now down the rabbit hole with me. This is like weird. It's like, it's like asking anything like opposite. We just want to yeah. hear what they we have know. that. Yeah, we, we want to know. know. Yeah. So this is actually some shit that they don't tell you, but it's like a bunch of little shits that they don't tell you. And they're, these things are the things will t that will take up your memory space. And it's mostly useless unless you happen to be in this very specific situation. Okay. So... So, in case you find yourself in one of these situations, there are answers for you on Cora, not sponsored. Okay, so I'm gonna take you one by one through a couple of these and you can tell me what you think about them. So, number one, if you win a lawsuit and the person refuses to pay, what could happen to them? Well, we'll tell you, we'll tell you right now. So there was an interesting case about seven to eight years ago. Bank of America was trying to foreclose on someone's house. The problem was the homeowners had paid cash for the house and didn't have a mortgage with anyone. It took months of sorting with B Bank of America before the foreclosure was dismissed. By that time, the homeowners had spent more than $2,000 on attorneys, which they asked Bank of America to pay for. Bank of America did not respond to them, so the homeowners took them to court and they received a, a judgment. Bank of America didn't respond and didn't pay, so the homeowners got an order allowing them to seize assets to pay for the fees. Oh, my God. Sheriff's deputies showed up at a local branch to start taking furniture and whatever else they could sell to recover the amount. The and branch then, manager was so confused. <laughs> and then Bank of America handed a check over for the full amount. The fact that that's what it took is a little crazy. Oh, my God, dude. You know their corporate communications all fucked because they don't care because they're too busy fucking us. Well, exactly. And who's going to go through those lengths to recover a small amount, like yeah. small to them. Two G's. Two thousand dollars. Literally nothing. Yeah. But then they didn't have the resources to give them two G's. What's cool about Quora too is that, and I think Reddit does this as well, but people will share all of their stories in the comment section of these. So there's multiple stories of 
what could happen if somebody doesn't pay if they get sued and i don't know who i don't know who these people are that not only find the post but also take the time to type out all their stories but god bless them because they're really interesting and funny well there's some people i found on quora who are they're like hi i have a doctorate in blah 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 and uh why do people fall for crypto when it's obviously such a scam? And I'm like, that is the most well, that's biased question I've ever heard asked. It sounds yeah. like something that gets asked in a presidential debate when you already love somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, there's no neutrality there. You're just like, hi, my question is, why does everyone fall for a scam? Because they're too stupid. It's like, great. Well, that's those aren't the ones that we're reading. No, I know. But that was when I found horror. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Okay. If I see a police chasing a person and I trip the person to help the police, how likely am I to be charged with assault? Am I, how liable am I for a civil suit? Oh no. See? Yeah, if they break These their are face. questions that, you know, you don't, you don't know the answer right. to. It's some shit that no one tells you. Right. Okay, so assuming you've tripped the person on purpose to enable the police to catch the person and it wasn't intended to severely harm the person, like you didn't trip the person at the top of a long stairway or next to a cliff, okay. you're probably okay. Helping the police stop someone whom they are pursuing might be considered a citizen's arrest, and if your actions are reasonable, in any event, it seems unlikely a district attorney would consider this charge worth pursuing or likely to result in conviction. Likewise, if the suspect sued you, it's unlikely he or she would win a verdict once it's apparent that you tripped him to help the police catch him as he was fleeing the police. But do you get a key to the city? I don't believe you get a key to the city. Then this person says, I do not think that's correct. You're not authorized to engage in a citizen's arrest in this circumstance. You did not directly witness any crime being committed. And you yourself write that the police were not saying anything like stop that man, which might lead to an argument. And you were sort of deputized to aid in stopping this person here. You deliberately act to trip the person. So there's a whole debate on it. And then. Cora sounds like internet comment section from hell. It is. But then it's funny because then people put in their their personal stories. So this guy's like, I was involved in a purse snatcher arrest a few years ago. I saw the young offender knock over a lady, rip off her purse, made my wife turn the car around and found the lady and offender in a backyard. He had his boot off, smashing her over the head with his boot. I'm a 70... 70- I'm 70 years old at the time and didn't think twice about taking him down with my high school tackle. Held him for the police. The policeman could not stop laughing when they asked when he asked for my date of birth. In a court in court a year later, the defendant's lawyer starts to bring up that he was smaller than me and he was using that to get him off, but the judge would have no part in it and thanked me for doing a citizen's arrest. Hey. Also involved in a violent armed robbery in our jewelry store a few years before. One of our staff was stabbed. If I had a gun like our American friends can, it would have been a different story for the robbers and I would just be getting out of prison in this country. Bad guys have all the rights. Thank you. Where's that from? Hmm? Where's that? What country? Oh, I'm, I don't know what country. Whoa. Probably like the UK or something. Um, uh, this person's like, uh, a few years ago, I was at a shopping center and saw a man being chased by police. He stole a handbag from a lady. He turned to run past me and I spear tackled him to the ground. A handshake from police officers and I was sent on my way. They didn't even take my name down. And then a few of these people say that like they helped the police and then the police was not, they weren't like, Enthused. hey, yeah. like Good cool. Job. Like they were all like, hey, you should go. Right. Like not like you can go, but right. like if you don't, you don't want to get involved. Right. Basically. Wow. Because if you get involved, then maybe the, the person could press maybe charges. Maybe on it, you. or maybe it's like the movies I've seen where the police are like, you don't want any, to be anywhere near this job because the job sucks you in. <laughs> Once you fight one crime, you'll want to fight them all. Okay. This one is: Have you ever been invited to something that turned out to be another thing entirely? Yes. 
What did you get invited to? Um, a friend's bachelor party, which turned into a friend cheating on, on the person he was going to be with. Oh my God. Well, that, I feel like that happens a lot with bachelor parties. I feel like it does like, too. Why do people think that that's like a free ticket to cheat? It's their last ticket. It's so weird. Why would you view getting married as your final ticket to yeah. like do whatever you want? Like, that's what I don't get about it. it. That's why I didn't do the strippers thing on mine. Not that yeah. I'm better than that. Like I'm fine with strippers. I have no problem with it. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, if you're like, after I get married, I'll never get to go to strippers or anything again. Why are you doing this to yourself if you like that? Exactly. Yeah. Like, like if, if your marriage puts a prison around you, then why Fuck would that. why we why are you getting married? If anything, the time that I was I went to strippers with friends for a bachelor party, it just made me want to fuck my wife even more. So this was awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, thank you. No, thank you. Um, okay, so I haven't read this yet, but the that question, uh, this was the original post. When I was 21, I was leaving P Pittsburgh for greener pastures, and a friend and her husband wanted to take me out for what I believed was a goodbye lunch. After our food came, Kathy, quote-unquote, and David, quote-unquote, started telling me about their wonderful business, the amazing cleaning products, shampoos, energy drink powders they sold to friends and family, and also reasonably priced, too. Yes, they sold Amway products, and this farewell feast was a lengthy pitch that, to get me to sell for them. No matter how many times I said no, they would twist it around to something else. They sat on either side of me and talked over each other, so that if I said no to one of them, the other would say no, so you can't sell right now, but you can later. I finally crawled beneath the table between their legs because it was the only way I sought to escape, and no, I never spoke to them again. I actually did go on a date that ended up, Same. we both have, we like, both that did. ended up being um, an MLM. Scheme. Yeah. Well, they're not technically pyramid schemes. Mine was. Oh, what was, what was yours? What was it your was uh, vacations, but it was oh, also timeshare. Timeshare? Yeah. The whole jam. But it was like if you. Their get, whole thing is like pyramid schemes are illegal, sir. So this obviously is not one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Great refreshments, I have to say. Some of the best butter cookies I've ever had. Not mine. Okay. I thought I was going on a date and I thought this guy really liked me and it turned out to be uh, an MLM pitch. Same. This but was then, the third date. And what? it was just at someone's house. It was just in someone's living room. He said we were going to his friend's business launch. So I was at a uh, gay club. I wasn't done. Oh, I'm sorry. I ended up signing up. Oh. Anyway, go ahead. I was at the gay club with a friend, who a work friend. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you never been to a gay club? I was like, no. He's like, dude, there are chicks there. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's That's like, true. Right. And he's like, no, like there are chicks who just go there to like be like, yay, I'm at a gay club or whatever. But then they look for the straight guys there. And I was like, I'm in. So I go. And sure enough, this like chick comes up to me and she's from the UK and she's like got the accent and everything. And she's like, um, she's like, um, hi, like where are you from? And all shit. And I was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then um, she's like, you're straight, huh? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you're all mine then. And, like, we went on, like, three dates. Mm. And you never told me about this. Well, we didn't do anything is why. Okay. But but this is an interesting story. Yeah. So then uh, we, go on, we go on first date. It was fun. We went to, like, this, this cool Mexican restaurant in Hollywood. Second date. I don't remember where we went. Uh, I was getting a little bored with it already. And then by the third date, she took, she's like, hey, come to this hotel. And I was like, what? I was like, I guess it's the third day we're supposed to fuck now, right? Yeah. But uh, so I show up at this hotel to get her. And she's like, no, babe, come out and come in the hotel. And we're going to this ballroom. And I go in the ballroom and it's an MLM like. Oh, my God. Property like b vacation scam. <laughs> 
And she's like, isn't this fantastic? She's like, this is what I think I want to do for money. And I was wow. like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, and if you're here, then I get a certain percentage off. And I, I know like, exactly what this is, too, because I invited so many people to these. Yeah. Because once I signed up and I was in it. And I was horrified. I also I knew what it was. would use that, too. Like, I would purposely look for single dudes. Like, and I would be like, oh, my God, do you happen to know? So you any- worked an angle. I was like, look do you happen you. to know anybody that would want to make an extra 500 to 1,000 a month? Like I'm really looking right out. An extra income. <laughs> Can I get your number? You were in the. You drank the Kool Aid. Yeah, but I mean, I was also. You know how I am, where like, I like to just know. Like, I just wanted to know what it was like. So my mom was in Amway, mm-hmm. and she had already warned me against these things. You know, like so I grew up with her doing Amway and it not working for her, yeah. and like she mom told, told me all about it. So I, I knew what it was like getting into it. I was like, oh, this is like Amway. And I was like, this is an MLM. You know, I knew everything about it, but I still was curious. Like yeah. I wanted to know, like, what do you guys do? Like, mm-hmm. what is it like in there? And I will say that they're the ones that first introduced me to reading nonfiction books, like business books and, and personal development books, like. I, like all the books that I, I that I'm into now that I'm still into, they first kind of introduced me to that. And I don't think I would have been a reader if uh, I hadn't been introduced to this realm of of books. Yeah. Um, you got something out of the cult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And also I never felt like that was like I never bought into the whole like this is what's going to make my dreams happen. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I just loved being around the atmosphere and watch like observing all these people because it gets so hyped. Everyone was obsessed with Tony Robbins and all these like gurus. But before this guru culture was around, like yeah. this was like the original, like where they used to make all their money. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like got, in, and then I started dating a guy that was one of the trainers. So like, you know, I just got super into just being part of something. <laughs> so wait, you, tell me this though. You're dating a cat uh-huh. who's who's part of the trainers. Yeah. But then you're targeting single guys too? Yeah. Why? Well, I I would never like cross a line. No, no, no. But why though? You're, why? Because did they teach you that? Were they like, this is they what They didn't did? teach me that, but I oh. saw other girls doing it. Whoa. So, so it, it was effective. And I wasn't like overly flirty or anything i wasn't like hey come meet me at this hotel or i I wasn't like that i actually would drop the boyfriend word in there before coming like before inviting them to the hotel like so they knew it wasn't sexual or anything why would you target single guys is what i'm curious about oh because well one i lived in a college town and it was way easier to approach single guys than it would be to approach girls or guys in a relationship got it yeah, because I'm a, I'm a girl. But when you put it initially like that, it just sounds predatory. I'm like, I mean, oh, shit. Okay, got it. <laughs> I feel like it is. Yeah, like, even though yeah. it's like, oh, we're sweet. But, like, it was a comfortability thing, but also, like, it was just an easier target wow. than approaching a female or approaching, uh, yeah. So that was, that was an interesting time of life. But it would never got, like, flirty. It never was, like, um, I never tricked anyone to thinking they were going on a date with me, like what happened to me. Yeah. You just tricked them into an MLM. Yeah, but a lot of them thanks me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. It was, you were like early 20s. You didn't know what the fuck you were doing. I wasn't even early 20s. I was 18. Fuck. Yeah, bro. I was very young. Okay. Yeah, well, very, Nikki's very young. Nikki's not saying any of this was okay. No, I've done many videos on this too, I by know, the way. like if saying. you watch, Okay, just to clarify, if you haven't heard any of my videos about it. Um, no, I'm not for MLMs, but I thought that experience taught me a lot 
to apply to other areas of my life, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And also I didn't really do a lot of the recruiting part, like, you know, like they have you do of bringing people there. I did more of the direct sales aspect and I would actually sell, we sold legal insurance. So I would actually sell it to companies as an employee benefit. So it felt more legit to me than just like well, you selling cleaning products. You had also used I the used service. I used the service. I saved and, a lot of money using the service. It was also publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Right, right. So there was a lot of legitimacy to me that was beyond Amway. Yeah. And uh, a lot of like utility for the service. So it you was just, in it. you liked it, but it was hella cheesy. Like all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, is yeah. real. And the selling the dream part, what they what they would always say to you at the conventions was that we're not selling a product, we're selling the dream. Yikes. And I thought that was that to me was a little scammy. Yeah, because and I see that a lot. Yeah, in shystery. Yeah, with like even these gurus that sell packages and stuff mm-hmm. nowadays, I see that a lot where. You can get that product from a lot of different places, but you are buying into this dream that you could achieve what they have. Like, it's just it's just interesting and weird. Yeah. But I want to write a show about it because there were so many specific characters that find their way into these MLMs that I think are, it's very interesting. I feel like I The culture that. of it yeah, is no, interesting. It is. I mean, people like can sometimes try write sketches or write, stuff about it but they weren't in it for two years like i was yeah. like i know the inside and out of it and i think it's so interesting yeah so i was out by the time i was 20 right but um yeah i just what got you out oh i was pursuing acting yeah yeah so like all of the uh books were really motivating because they're like hey never give up on your dreams but i always knew my dream was acting. not selling not, amway not selling yeah <laughs> or lawyer legal insurance it literally to me was what it was pitched to me as which was making an extra 500 to a thousand but then it makes them uncomfortable because you're leaving you know, and then they're like because i wasn't sold the dream right by them. the dream yeah. is supposed to be their their scam yeah exactly right. and i also you know, I, I don't know. I just learned a lot and I was like, okay, I got enough out of this. Like this was a learning experience yeah. and I graduated. Yeah. You know. Okay. So we are, okay, we're, we're going to go on to the next one. This one's kind of funny. How do I tell my boss that my resignation letter was just a way to push for more salary and not actually resigning? Holy They're taking shit. it seriously. Duh. Don't did, do that. Do a negotiation. Ask for a raise first. Don't just, don't just resign. The fuck are they so, doing? Um, so okay, she says she's disabled comments here because most notices for the comments are people who are writing their own answers or criticizing the person who asked the question. Well, duh! <laughs> it's a horrible. You have a horrible way of solving this problem. Okay, so here's the answer. Okay, she says my answer. Sadly, I see a lot of answers that are quite critical and judgmental. Some are sarcastic or start friendly and then turn. Sometimes I think people use questions like this more as a chance to practice writing skills or ways to take people down than to reach out and help. That's more Reddit, honey, but it's okay. Yeah, let's let's break it. Yeah, you should comment that because yeah, uh, you know, that'll show her. Hey, babe, that's Reddit. Thanks. Let's break it down in short. You wanted a higher salary. Two, to get this, you wrote a resignation letter. Three, your boss took it seriously. Four, your employer now expects you to leave. So let's examine the possible outcomes. First, the one you want to do is explain to your boss why you wrote that letter. Let's take a look at what can happen with that. How will your boss react? Sometimes it helps to think, how would I react? Remember though, in this case, your reactions will incline more toward what you want to happen than what they will likely do. So do you tell your boss, he might say, okay, we'll just toss it. But he's likely already told HR and anyone else involved. Even if it's a small company, that's still at least the company owner or his boss. How will they respond when they hear that you did it only for negotiating a higher salary? It doesn't make you look bad. 
they've already started a plan for your departure. So when you tell them, I know you'd like them to say, oh, we understand. You can keep your job. We like working with you. But the chances are quite slim that they'll say that. Even if they do, your relationship with the company will have changed. The first thing they're going to be thinking is that this letter was a lie. They won't see it as a bluff, but as you writing something that was not true. I'm not, not trying to give you a hard time, but it's important to understand how they'll view this event. They took your letter at face value. They had no reason not to. Think about it. You wanted them to think, oh, he's going to leave, so let's pay him more. So you accomplished half of your intent. They took it seriously. The bad news is that rather than trying to get you to stay, they decided to let you go. So you did want them to take it seriously. You just wanted them to respond differently from how they yes. did. No, yeah. you gave away your leverage, though. Yeah. Your leverage is over. I'm leaving if you don't. Well, guess what? You open with, I'm leaving. So then they're like, okay, fuck, I guess you're leaving. And then you don't say what your terms are. You just said you're leaving. So yeah. there's no negotiation at all. It's they, just over. Even if you don't, they're simply not going to trust you now as they did previously because now they just think. No, now, no. When you say one thing, you're just trying to manipulate the situation. No, now they already have 18 resumes from other people who are looking for a job. Yeah. Like you fucked up. Like they, they already know what their other options are. Like you gave away your leverage. Yeah. You never give away your leverage ever. You just ask for what you want. Yes. But I think they realized that after the fact. Oh, good. But it sounds like they disabled comments because they got sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the second option in this answer is you can lie to them and say the other job fell through. Can I stay? You may think that's a clever way to solve the problem and to stay in your job, but there's a good chance that they'll say, can we're already in the cut? hiring yeah. process. Yeah, can you take a pay cut? <laughs> also, if they ever find out in any way that it was a bluff, they'll trust you even less than you try to explain uh, it to them. Yeah, and they probably will try to negotiate your salary down. They? They're going to get someone at an entry level compared to you to do your same job for cheaper than you. Yeah. Fuck. You fucked up. Such a huge mistake. Yeah, don't do that. And then they say third, and everything above leads to this. You can go on and find a new job and leave. If you don't, then your then your boss will not value you as he did before. The best thing you could do is understand this was not wise and that you would have been better off negotiating with them directly. That's what happens when you skim what to do in a negotiation and you see the part that says walk away and you're like, oh, yeah. just start by walking away. No, you have to let people know your terms. Yes. Your terms. And then you walk away. Mm -hmm. Terms without walking away is you're just quitting. And you mean like, the other way around. Walking away without terms. Oh, walking away without terms. Yeah. yeah you're just quitting. Which, mm -hmm. yeah. I, why wouldn't they take it why seriously? Why wouldn't they accept yeah. that? Okay. We had a person quit. We have a process You're not allowed that. to keep people against their will. No kidding. In any state. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anymore. Right. <laughs> So yeah, that's Wild. that sucks. Never do that. Never, Never do, do that, that if Never you want to keep your job. Wow. That's a great one not to do though. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. Yeah. But when we come back, I have a few more interesting this tidbits of information. This is good shit. In case you find yourself in any of these situations. This enrages me. <laughs> I know. That's good. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, 
indoor or outdoor. You can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're, like, kind of desperate. We're giving shout-outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So, huge shout-out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout-out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> okay. What is the most horrifying thing your parents have ever done? I'm going to read hers and then you can contribute okay. if you want to. So this person says, um, what is the most horrifying thing your parents have ever done? My dad stole my mom. That's what my brother, who was five or six at the time, told his teacher while we were at school one day. I wasn't much older than maybe seven or eight, but never thought anything like this would happen to us. My family was like any normal family, or so I thought. My mom did her best to hide all the things my father used to do, and she did it very well. Back to the story. I was called into the guidance counselor's office because my brother was upset, quote unquote, and the teacher couldn't control him. Since I am his sister, they called me to see if I could figure out what was wrong. And that's when my brother told me, um, the guidance, oh, sorry. That's when the brother told the guidance counselor what happened. We got ready for school. My mom got ready for work like any other day. As we left the house, walked to get in the car, my father appeared out of nowhere and was talking to my mom. My mom had a weird, but not frightened look on her face as she told us to get in the car. We were weird. To, we, we were happy to see our dad, but didn't know of anything going on between them. He walked right past us and directly towards our mom. Now they're yelling and my dad hops in the driver's side of my mom's car. My mom ran to the passenger side and opens the door as, as he starts to drive off. She makes it in the car. My brother and I watch from the sidewalk as the car goes down the street and directly into a busy intersection ahead, then disappears. Our neighbors, who are our cousins, just dropped us off at school and told us they pick us up at the end of the day. The guidance counselor started crying and told us to wait in our office while she made a few calls. The assistant principal came in a few minutes later and talked with us asking about our family and if we had any other relatives that could look after us. He called our emergency contact, which was my aunt, and she came out and got us and the principal allowed us the rest of the week out of school. My parents were found by the police at my mother's church after they reported a suspicious car in the parking lot. My father was arrested and charged with kidnapping my mother, filed and received a restraining order. A few weeks later after Easter is when all hell broke loose. My father is still under the restraining order when he drops by while we're at school and leaves an envelope with $40 in it in the mailbox. When we get home, my mom checks the mailbox and sees it and splits the money between us and puts it in our piggy banks. We do our homework, eat, and get ready for bed. My dad called on the phone asking for the money he gave my mom and wanted it back or he was going to kill her. She told him not to come over here and said the police would be waiting if he showed up. Well, guess what? He came anyway and she called the police. He took off before the police came. So guess what? They didn't do a thing. Just told us to call if he came back. Not knowing the whole time he was in the back of the house because the police failed to check the entire property. 
But by now it's 9 p.m. and tonight we all sleep slept in the room with my mom because of today's events and the previous events had scared us to sleep in our rooms. So as we're laying in bed, we hear a noise at the window. So we're thinking the dog got locked outside. My mom goes to let the dog in and he comes running into her room from the living room. My mom tells us to go in our grandfather's room and wait for her to come get us. By the time we get out of bed, our dad had torn the screen off the window and was hitting the glass window to break in. I took the phone in my grandfather's room and was trying to call the police, but the phone line was cut. My grandfather at the time was very sickly and maybe 82 years old with lung cancer. We hid behind my grandfather's breathing machine and my dad came in shortly behind us. And all I could hear was my dad telling my mom he was going to kill us all. Our mom yelled to us that she loved us and for us to stay here. She was his true target and not us. Heard the front storm door lock and saw headlights from my mom's car in the driveway while we're stuck in the house with our crazed father. He took a gun out of our grandfather's drawer and headed to the front door after my mom. He kicked the storm door with so much force that the entire frame came off with it. I'm right in behind my dad yelling and crying for my mom to take us with him and that he has a gun i'm standing in the front of the yard just yelling and crying for help and then pop 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 my dad shot into the car and the car just inches backwards out of the driveway until the curb from the opposite side dropped oh my god i didn't know this was going to be so crazy this person watched their dad murder their mom my dad turns around and walks towards me and says i'm so sorry then points the gun at me and pulls the trigger click then points the gun at my brother click he took the gun and pointed at the air and it fired then he dropped the gun and ran off. Police arrived shortly for numerous calls of shots fired. With all this going on, my mom was alive and bar- only barely injured. She was shot in the arm, but if you ever saw the car before it was fixed, you would have thought nobody made it out alive. The driver's side heard, heard or headrest had two bullets that went through it and into the back seat behind it where I usually sit. The passenger rear seat had a hole directly in the middle of it. My brother normally sat. Here it is 25 years later and we are all fine. The police caught my father and he was sentenced to a whopping 18 months in jail for burglary, breaking and entering, and domestic violence, but not three counts of attempted murder. Hey, can we give a huge shout out to restraining orders, though? Dude. What a joke. Restraining orders need to come with ankle bracelets that fucking immediately, if you come within any any distance of this person. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You should lose your freedom like when you have a restraining order yeah and you know what? it's so hard to even get a restraining order i tried to file one one time on um i won't say I who but um yeah uh and they need so much information and so many records and of a pattern just everything else and like you have to be able to prove so much that you're in danger to even get one and then it doesn't matter because if you have one this shit could still happen and this shit happens all the time and, yeah. and what if the gun went I mean the gun goes off usually in every story that I've heard dude when that it comes to person this. was being saved by a guardian angel that's or insane bro he pointed it at her it clicked pointing at the brother clicked and, and then pointing at the sky and it and it fired and the mom survived and the mom just got shot in the arm even though the bullet holes were in the headrest like where her head was that's just some that's crazy definitely you were meant to be alive but Wow. Jeez. That's insanity. Yeah, yeah my parents side. never did anything <laughs> that bad. God, no. My God. <laughs> I can't think what of... What was the initial question even? I don't even know. I'm so... It was, what's the so... most horrifying things you, thing your parent has ever done? God. Whoa. How weird. Look at the first comment is from this person. Oh, that's weird. From Cheryl Green. That sounds like my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, look. I mean... It was never, I mean, my dad used to yell a lot. Yeah, same. (laughs) But I had a great time compared to that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm so grateful. I'll take it. (laughs) I'm very grateful. I'll take it. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I thought this was going to be more of a, 
Reddit's a little more light, I feel like. Usually it's some some like cute like a cute story. Or like, or like you know, a creative writing session. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. This was heavy. Okay. Okay, I cannot Cora. believe that the dad only got 18 months for burglary. What did he burgle? Well, breaking and entering. But, but like Oh yeah, and he didn't burgle anything what really. Did he burgle? Maybe he burgled a knife or something. Okay. Hopefully he burgled the gun from the house. Oh yeah, the gun. Like, he burgled the gun. That yeah, was the grandfather's the gun. gun. So yeah. he burgled that. He did and that's burgle it. that. And that's it. Okay. Thanks. Moving on. Okay. How about this one? Because okay. I feel like I wouldn't know anything about this. And I would think I was doing a good job. Okay. okay. I caught an accident on my dash cam. I turned the footage over to police. Now the party that was at fault is suing me. What should I do? What? So this person caught the accident, like so witness basically, and caught footage of it. Yeah. And gave it to the police, and now they're being sued by the party at fault. Makes sense. Well, no, the first part makes sense. It says, I saw that happen to a debt collector who sued a person for a debt they did not owe. They also got a few other things and filed an FDCA violation and got it got as costly as $150,000. A good lawyer will save you a lot of grief and money. All the answers are just like, good, a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, the first part makes sense. Like you, you saw something, you submitted it yeah. to help out. Like with what happened, like you witnessed yeah. something. You know, the, that's that's the problem with lawsuits and suing is that you can actually sue for any reason, whether right. or not. Yeah. You win is a different story. You can but the fact that no, but the fact that like I could sue you for looking at me wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you don't defend yourself, which costs would, money to defend yourself, even I, if you don't have an attorney, even to file the paper that says. I'm not guilty is like $300, $400. How do I file the paper that says guilty? Cause I did look at you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm suing you for $10,000 for looking at me wrong. Then you have to pay $10,000 if you say guilty. Right. And if you don't defend yourself, then you uh, lose by default because you didn't say no, wow. you didn't say I'm not guilty. So then you're guilty by default and you lose and you owe $10,000. So it's really ridiculous that, um, that like you could that that this person ends up in this situation. Dude, the best thing, one of the best things that ever happened um, when it comes to me getting into an accident was I was going to Maker Studios back in the day, and I was parking. We everybody used to park at the grocery store. Yeah. Back then, because like there was, was no parking to, at Maker. Yeah. yeah. And so we all, I was parking at the grocery store, and I was trying to pull into a parking spot, and this stretch Hummer is like um, driving like. In, in a left turn in front of me and I just sat there I was in my black truck at the time and I didn't move right mm-hmm. I just sat there parked and as this guy like went across my vehicle and he scratched his own Hummer against my truck while I didn't move I was just sitting there uh-huh. and then he gets out and he's all pissed at me and like yelling at me and all these witnesses start coming up and being like hey you fucking like scratched your shit against this young man's shit yeah because I was like 23. Yeah. I look like a fucking... You were a young man. I look like I was drafted by the Marlins in the first round. He wants to make it clear he's not talking about himself now. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. She knows me. Uh, yeah. So then so then this guy's like in my face and he's like, hey, fuck you, you stoner motherfucker. And I was like, mm-hmm. I get that I'm like... A kid. Yeah, I'm young and I'm dressed probably. I, I wore a lot of Urban Outfitters then, so I probably yeah, you look did. like I blaze. You tricked me. But I don't. I, never, I was like... And you know what's so stupid about me too is that I was like, I've never smoked weed in my life, dude. <laughs> of course 
course you did. You right. honed it on that part. I, I honed it on okay. that. Well, I also called him a bunch of names that I don't want to mention here. Okay. But I also was like, I never smoked weed in my life, dude. You fucking dumbass. All this shit, you know. You do have a rage aspect too, oh, where I'm dude. like, yo, if it's clear this person's the crazy one, like you don't have to. Well, what was funny is he's wearing like a limo driver's hat, uh-huh. and he's got like the full like the the suit thing that they wear and all that stuff. Yeah, but you had enough witnesses saying that like it wasn't you. Well, no, this is before the witnesses came up. Oh, okay. So he's like laying into me about oh. how I'm gonna pay for this and all this shit. And I'm going like, and he's calling me like the stoner and all this stuff. And I'm going like, you dumb motherfucker and all this mm-hmm. shit. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually laying into him pretty cleverly. I think I, I think okay, I got to his feelings okay, a little wow. bit. No, and I, all I mean by that is I think I got to him enough Yeah. where by the end of this, I had enough witnesses coming up to me and saying like, this young man did nothing wrong. Like, you're such an asshole. Because like, he was very much yelling at me and I was just retorting to him. Yeah. So then by the end of this interaction, he ended up hugging me. <laughs> what? Yeah. Because I think I cut him pretty deep on a couple of things. And uh, I had enough people that were confirming that he was wrong that he realized that he was wrong. And then he fell into my arms, kind of. Oh, my God. super weird. That's I, super I, weird. I swear to God this happened. I would be scared that he was going to try to get you on assault or something like he right? touched me, you know, like he, no, he hugs he you like, and then, well, he, if he's the type of person that crashes into you and then accuses you, he could be the type guy. of person that hugs you and then uh, accuses you of assault. No, he, uh, he like, it was a, sh- a handshake at the end of it. He's yeah. like, Hey, I was wrong. I think I messed up here. I apologize. And I was like, it's all good, brother. And then he, we, we shook hands and then he looked me in the eye, I looked him in the eye and then he like crumpled into my arms almost and he's like 300 pounds. I was like, I can't hold you, bro. This is fucking crazy. But he was like emotional about oh. it because it was such a heated moment. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Once you realize you're wrong and yeah, then you're yeah, like, yeah. fuck, I feel terrible. But it's fascinating. And that 100% happened. Like I remember it like it was yesterday, but it's, uh-huh. I remember where I was everything. But yeah, it's just so interesting. Once you, once you have enough people agree that you're wrong yeah. to see the way that he was able to to try to comply with that and then accept it was fascinating yeah one time that happened to me where i was at a gas station not the same exact thing but i was at a gas station and this kid i don't he looked like maybe 19 years old behind me i didn't know until after this happened but um he was behind me and he was on his phone pulling out from behind me so we're at the gas station i'm in the front pump he's in the back pump and he pulls out around me and he's not paying attention. He's on his phone and he completely sideswipes my entire oh, car. Shit. Yeah. And then I'm like, what what's, the what's fuck? What's the damage? Huh? What's the damage? It was pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, my entire car is sideswiped. And Oof. he starts being like, you crashed into me. Like that kind of thing. I'm like, I haven't moved. I've just been sitting here. You right. crashed into me. Yep. And you're on your phone, and then he—you could tell he was getting scared, so yeah, he was yeah, like yeah. doubling down, like no. I, and he had friends in his car, and he's like, "Yeah, you crushed it to him." And like, then all these witnesses started coming out, and I was like, "I'm gonna follow. I need your license and registration. I need to file. I mean, I need to take a picture of it for insurance." And he's like, "No," and he wasn't giving it to me. And then I was like, "Well, I'm gonna call the police then, because I'm gonna file a police report." And I started taking pictures of his license plate and oh, all kinds of stuff. Done. And he started getting so scared, and so he's like, "Okay, okay, okay, okay. Here's my license, and here's my." Whoa. He ended up paying for it, like his insurance paid for it. But um, but yeah, like that whole like they crash into you and then accuse you of it is wild. so wild. Well, and what's ironic too, because I think, you know, if I go back to that moment, which I tried to do at the time, but you know, he was coming at me so hard. Like he's probably under so much stress. 
He's got a big fucking Hummer limo that he's trying to like get into a grocery store parking lot. It's probably lot. his business too. Probably his business or probably like he works for somebody else mm-hmm. and like they have a couple of cars and so he's got to pay for the damage or whatever. But at the end of it, after, like before he hugged me, he was able to buff out the, the quote unquote damage to his limousine uh, with like a little handkerchief. Oh. So it was nothing. Oh, okay. Like it was like the most nothing, nothing. But yeah. he thought it was everything because it was like this huge nine foot looking line. Sure. So because the front of my truck like had some dirt on it all or whatever. All that built up stress. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's just stressed from all that. And yeah. I can empathize with that. And if he had come at me like that, it would have been much different. But because he came at me all heated, I had to come back all heated because you know how I am. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So with this person's situation with the dash cam thing. Yeah. Um, I saw someone had commented, uh, look into seeing if the, the lawyer that's suing you, like the lawyer that's representing the guilty party, basically, yeah. that's suing the dash cam person, has a history of settling out of court. Because sometimes there are professional lawyers that use this intimidation tactic to just get money. Oh, right. And that's what happened of to course. me. That's what happened to me. Right. And you can counter sue Good. for a lot, too. And then, then they... Yeah, they they have to be on your terms too. But you have to pay for that. You have to pay for your own attorney, and then put it in there that they have to pay for your attorney fees if they want to pursue it and and lose in court. Right. Yeah. The only downside is if they try to like big ball it and like actually go to court, and you lose, then you have to pay for all of their attorney fees. That's rough. But I can't see. I mean, obviously, consult. You should consult a, a legal team, but. I can't see how that would ever pass in court, like where someone just providing uh, footage to police that was requested by police would end up with you losing the case. There's me. no way. How do you get involved with the case? Even that scares me. How do you get involved? Well, no, you obviously got involved, but how do you how do you get involved like with the the initial complaint? Oh, like yeah, you you were like oh, that's why witnesses don't want to get involved. I get it, and I get it. Yeah, I get it. Because like now you're just a witness, How are you and involved? you're like, you're hey, like, I tried to do the right thing. Yeah, I have footage, and then Ooh. that that got the the guilty party obviously is now definitely guilty. And by the way, can we like can we please get more footage and less eyewitness testimony? Because eyewitness testimony is fucked. Yeah. If you ever look at eyewitness testimony, like the way that. Um, statistically, eyewitness testimony has been so inaccurate over so many eons. It's like insane. Did you ever see the Black Mirror episode on that? I did not. So there's this Black Mirror episode where um, basically there's a new technology where your eyes become a recording device and it records everything constantly, like your whole surveillance thing. And it's really helpful for you know witnessing things because you can just rewind to that moment and you can see exactly what happened because it's recording. It also is helpful for like if you flopped an interview or like you want to get better at something, you can review your performance. You can review what went wrong. But then people started obsessing over little things Mm -hmm. like, well, the way he looked at me, did he look at me like this or like this? And then they go back and examine it and stuff. So you start obsessing over little things. Also in the episode, the guy's girlfriend was playing sex footage of her having sex with her ex while they were having sex. Oh my. Like that kind of stuff would happen. And so the whole thing is, so the guy decides to take his out and that's like, whoa, what the fuck? It's like people deciding they don't want to have a cell phone anymore or like- Or become Amish. Yeah, you're like off the grid. And so there's this whole dinner party scene where the one of the girls is like, oh, you trust your own memory? 
Like, that's crazy. You know, they, they, and she starts rattling off statistics about how inaccurate memory is and how that's really dangerous to not have this implant in your head and to choose to go natural. Commando. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because, because it becomes a social pressure too of like, ooh, like almost like the vaccine, anti-vaccine um, yeah. thing where like, like it's not only the aspect of like, oh, you're choosing this way, but also the social pressure aspect. Yes, there's yeah. always that. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Wow. So um, anyway, moving on. Oh my God, see like, this is what I mean. I was about to read this next one. Because I'm like, oh, I love this headline, which is, what are some good examples of life isn't fair, right? Okay. But then, like, I read the first sentence of, like, the one of the responses, and it's like, my wife was killed on the way home from work. Okay. I'm like, oh, my God, Cora, like, don't lure me in with, like, a fun topic. Wow. And then just, wow. And he even includes a picture of the crash. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Cora's a fucked up minefield. Let me see if I can find that one where um, yeah, I wanna, I the want girl that got... That's all I want. Okay, hold on. Okay, so I found it. Yeah, so look at this. Look at this. The title is We Love Cats. Like the topic is going to be about cats. But then the uh, <laughs> the actual subject line is my husband had an affair with my mom while I was on my deathbed. Now they're married. Finally. <laughs> okay. okay. So you want to hear this? Yes. How this panned out. Was she out. a MILF at least? I don't know. Had to be, right? Had to be. Had to be. In our best world, she had to be. Wait, where is it? Big time MILF. Milfy MILF? Had to be. Oh, it was deleted. Oh, no. We'll oh, never so, know. Surely there's screenshots. <laughs> oh, come on. We'll never know. Probably because it wasn't about cats. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, I found what happened at the beginning of this episode when Nikki said, a woman is claiming that her mother started an affair with her husband while she was in intensive care and now they have gotten married. Yes. Camilla DeMello. DeMello was hospitalized for 78 days after she suffered from a stroke following bariatric surgery. We don't know what that is and we don't care. I believe it though. However, <laughs> she was in the IC while she was in the ICU, her mother and husband began a sordid affair. The pair broke her and her father's hearts. Okay, we're, I'm seeing a picture right now. Okay. I'm assuming that one is the mother and one is the daughter. Okay. And I think we would all rather be with the daughter, I think. Okay. Well, actually, I can't tell. I make a guess. I mean, yeah. Okay. They both uh, look young. So, as a teenager, oh, Camilla says, as a teenager around 13, 14 years old, my mother started to compete with me. She was only 20 years older than me and said that my clothes were better suited to her. Her food was better. Nothing I did was good enough. When I was 25, I fell in love with a boy 10 years older than me. Mm. We got married August 2013. In the following year, our six, our now six-year-old son was born from a complicated pregnancy. In 2017, the young woman had surgery to balance her hormones. Camilla said, during this period, my mother, I swear I can't call her a mother anymore, went to my house to help my husband take care of our son, who at the time was four years old. My father started or had stayed in the interior of a state in Brazil with my younger brother. Only later did I learn that in the four months I spent in the hospital, much of the time between life and death, my ex had visited me twice and my mother none. When Camilla's dad came to take her home from the hospital, he told her of the deception. The young woman said, I had the worst pain of my life and it wasn't physical. 
Without much ado, my father, who had already taken my son, said that his wife and my husband were having an affair. Mm. It looked like he was being stabbed in the chest, a mixture of disappointment and disbelief. Camilla added, I called my mother. Very nervous, I said I had left the hospital, I was alive, and asked if it was true that they were, in fact, together. The answer, yes, together and very, very happy. (laughs) I could not believe what I had heard. The couple are still married, and Camilla's son sees his dad and grandmother weekly. What? That's so weird. Just your grandma is also your stepmom? <sighs> Camilla added, my son stays with his father two or three times a week by court order. It's not easy. I'm obliged to allow my little one to live with this toxic and harmful relationship. That's crazy. I recently learned that my mother is keen to celebrate their relationship anniversary on March 2nd without even disguising that she started going out with my then-husband while I was in the hospital. Yeah, that's narcissism. That is insane. That's crazy. Do you, Hey, rem, that reminds me of, like, Brittany Murphy's mom hooked up with her husband after she oh, died. Oh, that's right. Was yeah. that alleged or not? No, it was we'll, true. We'll say alleged just They slept in the same bed after. So it's alleged. Yeah. I don't know. I bet you could Google it and confirm. If they had a Casper mattress, maybe they didn't even know they were in the same bed. Oh, wow. Sponsored by. Thank you. Thank you. We're not sponsored by Casper. We're not, actually. We would would beg them. We do sleep on a Casper mattress every night, and we We would literally beg them. So thank you for that. I was sponsored by them on Big Mood a long time ago. Cut that, Mark. Yeah. So that is insane. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's, I mean... just a blatant display of narcissism. Well, that's when you're like, fuck it. I don't even care what my actions do to anyone else. Exactly. Wow. You're narcissistic. Wow. Abusive and narcissistic. Yeah. Yikes. I know a friend's mom who's like this. Me too. Yeah. I know what friend you're talking about. I exactly. Think, I think we both know. Yes. Yeah. It's bananas. It's bananas. Like, how are you a mom even? Like, why would you wear a white wedding dress to their wedding? And I bet... That wasn't even, I bet that wasn't even that surprising to her. I mean, it's surprising, but yeah. I bet she was abused when her, in her childhood by her mom. Oh, I'm sure. If not emotionally, if not You're physically. the mom was by her mom. No, I'm talking about this girl. Oh, right, this person. Who's got yeah, yeah, yeah. the mom. Yeah, yeah I'm this talking like about the, icing the, on the mom cake. had to have emotionally abused her. Yeah, this is the icing years. on the cake. Yeah. Crazy. Oh. Anyway. What a horrible I, expression, by the way, putting the icing on the cake when it's such a horrible thing. Well, you could say it about horrible things or about good things. Must be a boysenberry cake, something nobody really wants to eat. Oh, very boysenberry much. cake sounds good. Must be a probably a better muffin. Tapioca though. cake. Nobody wants to eat that. Texture is kind of weird. Yeah. See? Yeah, it's true. See? Well, anyway, that brings us to the end of this today's episode of all the shit that they do not tell you about podcast and network. Okay. And we You're are Steve Green and Nikki Nemo alike. And we would like to thank you all so much for helping us out on Patreon. It helps out so much. The whole sh- the show is supported by Patreon, 1,000%. Patreon.com slash sticky. Link's in the description. And we also have a show in there called Crypto Corner where I take you through all my crypto moves. And it's very fun. We enjoy it very much. And we do live streams every month. And we do a bonus episode of Shit They Don't Tell You, Cost They Don't Tell You After Dark. And we have a Discord community. And That's if you have awesome. a question for us for the, the Q&A, uh, hit us up. Have podcast at Nikki.Limo. All right. Cool. And Casper, hit us up anytime you want. <laughs> we would love to talk. We have some interesting ideas about marketing. Mm-hmm. What if a mom got into bed with her son-in-law? 
He can't even feel her get into bed. See you okay. next time. And that's where we're Bye. starting. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.